start. Thank you for joining us in this uh, beautiful podcast. This is the very first episode, so we all think it's important to put a name behind the voice. So I'm going to start us off here. My name is Eli. Uh, I have an eye disease uh, or eye condition known as retinitis pigmentosa, so I'm visually impaired. My eyes don't work well, and uh, that's me. And I, my name is Jimmy. I am the man who was born with autism. I, for the longest time, was the shut-in. I never talked, and I always feel different from other people. And I find understanding people much harder than normal. My name's Catherine. I was born with spina bifida, which is a spinal cord injury that essentially means that when I was forming my spine, my back did not close properly over my spine. Um, and so when I was born, part of my spine was exposed, which caused nerve damage from my waist down. So I am partially paralyzed and I am primarily a wheelchair user, uh, but I also do use crutches from time to time. And finally, my name is Matt. I am 17 years old. And even though I am able, able, able-bodied, I do have many friends that have disabilities, so I do have a lot of knowledge. Including us. Yeah. Including all three of you guys. Yeah. Now, something that's different about Jimmy than uh, Catherine or I is Jimmy's uh, disability is uh, could be called an invisible disability. Put quotes around that because his disability isn't something that people can see and recognize. It's something that uh, people it will, it will brush right over people unless they, they know him and he explains it to them. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that we wanted to um, sit down and have a conversation with specifically the four of us because um, Eli and I have more visible physical disabilities that affect our day-to-day lives on a very obvious level. Um, Jimmy has more of a sort of um, internal internal dialogue that is very different from someone who has a typical mind and who thinks the way that the majority of the population thinks. Um, so that also provides a very interesting perspective in, in the discussion. Um, and Matthews is also a very useful um, voice to have to provide his input on what he thinks of the experiences that we talk about um, from his perspective of not having the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go. Okay. So a lot of the viewers may be wondering, uh, a lot of you listeners may be wondering about what the purpose of this podcast truly is for. And it's really just for the intent of opening up people towards the topic of disabilities, because I'm someone personally, and Catherine, you're the same way. We uh, we joke about our disabilities on a, on a regular basis. Yes. And it makes a lot of people uncomfortable, doesn't it? And that's something that's... Very much. Yeah. And that's something that's just not good. It's awful because um, it's no different than, you know, other jokes. Yeah. Like, it just shows people that we're comfortable where we are. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really important is being comfortable where we are. And I think that's something that we all actually have our own stories on how we got from, because I think at one point we're all kind of not liking the fact that we're disabled to getting to where we are now to we're all like proudly different. Yeah. And uh, Do I'd you love- want to tell your story about how you sort of progressed from being, I guess, less comfortable to more comfortable with your disability? I'd love to because mine's mine's quite the story. So I got here freshman year and that was around the time my eyes actually started to get bad. Um, I was reading a comic book one day and all of a sudden like my vision got blurry to the point where I, like I couldn't read the actual comic and I was like I was hitting myself on the head and being like why are my eyes not working? Why can't I see? I was really upset um, and during my freshman year the first half of it I had really bad grades because I didn't 
have the accommodations that I needed because uh, I was too afraid to speak up about it. And I was embarrassed that I was visually impaired and that I was losing my vision. Um, and that was also partly my sophomore year. I was scared to accommodate. So I ended up failing a class both my freshman and sophomore year. But it was around the time of the summer of my junior year that I kind of realized that I needed to, I needed to, uh, I needed to step up my game. And uh, I got really comfortable with my eye disease over that summer. And I really think it was just a personal thing. Um, it was something inside of me that clicked that I realized because I have this disability, it actually makes me stronger than other people because like a normal person wouldn't have to deal with the daily struggles that I deal with on a, on a basis. And I, I became really proud. And then I started to joke about it. And now it's kind of who I am. Like everyone knows me as, you know, the blind guy who, who the blind kid will joke about everything. And uh, I think it's really important to be comfortable in your own skin, because if you're not, it's going to be a lot harder to get the accommodations that you need. And that's something that uh, I've noticed, like the more comfortable I am, the easier it is for me to say, hey, I can't see that. It's honestly, guys, it's gotten to the point to where I can I can tell someone I can't see something, but I still have trouble asking a teacher for a pencil and I don't have one because <laughs> I'm too embarrassed <laughs> that I'm not prepared for class. It's it's sad. Oh, man, does anyone else have any? Do you have a similar experience? Well, usually when I was in elementary school, all the kids were very chatty and always found friends really easily. But for me, especially since my family had moved around very a lot, I never stayed in one place longer than seven years. And that coupled with my inability to make friends easily really made like early life a struggle for me. But over the my years in education and like teachers actually helping me out, learning to get my voice, I learned to be more social. I've now gotten multiple friend groups, and it's just been simply a greater school experience for me because school was hell for me before I really learned how to get friends easy. Yeah, I had a um, a pretty typical experience of being specifically a, a girl growing up with a very physical, very visible disability because um, especially being a girl, I think there's a lot of like young girls can be really mean. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't necessarily bullied in younger grades. I was like, it was almost worse because I wasn't bullied. I just was sort of like, not even like, I, I was sort of just, just like ignored. I was just like the person I, I was always pick last in gym, obviously, because who is going to be like, yeah, that's a really good idea to pick the person on crutches for your track team um she's gonna do really well mm -hmm. but over i i never really like had very many friends but the friends that i did have were really really close um and they were the ones who really helped me sort of realize it sort of adapt the the attitude of just not caring and someone told me a quote um on my freshman year of my robotics team um, it was a quote by Audrey Lord, who was a black civil rights activist. And it was, your silence will not protect you. And that was like a life-changing thing for me because it, it made me realize that like, there's nothing in the world that's going to be solved by not standing up for yourself and not being your own advocate. And the most important thing that you can do is be your own advocate. So I, I definitely had this arc of like, 
when I was in elementary school and middle school, middle school was the worst two years of my life. And I don't really remember very much of it because I'm pretty sure my brain just like tucked that, swept that under the biggest like <laughs> rug it could possibly find. Oh it was gosh. just like, pay no attention. Because <laughs> um, I, I struggled a lot with my self-esteem and I was like, mm -hmm. I hate everything. Why me? Like, why do I have to be the person who was born like this? I know exactly And then I was feel. just like, uh, I don't really care because the people who are making fun of me and the people who aren't being my friend, I don't want to be their friend. Like, why mm -hmm. Why would I want to be their friend anyway? Yeah, so I've just sort of adapted the, the – and I also found humor as, like, Eli, you did. Mm -hmm. um, humor is my favorite way of coping with things. Oh, definitely. And people say, like, oh, it's a coping mechanism. You're just being funny. Like, yeah, it's a coping mechanism. So what? It's a coping mechanism. It works and it's really fun. And I, yeah. I really enjoy self-deprecating jokes and I really oh enjoy making fun of myself. Me too. Even All if it time. makes able-bodied people really uncomfortable. I was actually doing it today in my math class. Yeah. And that's a good transition to our resident able-bodied person. Well, I completely understand how you guys feel even though I don't have a disability. And I understand that you guys do have these difficult times and that even though mine won't be as bad as yours, I still know how bad they were. I wasn't always like this. When I was um, a kid, I would, um, I never really had a deep connection with somebody with, you know, a, a disability, but that was until I met this kid in elementary school and I will, will not name them by name just to keep it anonymous. But um, I went to his house one time. He was one of my best friends in, in elementary school. And I realized that he had a brother in, um, not in a wheelchair, but he had like a full body wheelchair where his legs were, where he would lay down in a wheelchair. And when I first saw him, I did not know really how to react because I've never really seen someone like this before. And well, I tried to be nice and I really didn't understand at first. I wouldn't hang out with him as much because there was not much to do. He would mostly stay in his room doing nothing. And I would just play with my other friend until one day I realized that his life is much more difficult than mine and his brother. And that is when I realized that Everyone was born a certain way and, and you can and you have to see the good in them and realize that the, the bad things or the non good things aren't as bad and that you, you yourself can have these bad things as well. So then after that, I started to to communicate more with this disabled person. He would smile at me. He would laugh. And I just felt a, a lot better about this because I realized that these that these disabled people may not have that many friends. And that's why I realized that I need to do more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. glad that you had the experience. I think that um, people with a typical able-bodied experience can learn a lot from people with different experiences, sort of get a different perspective on life. Yeah. So thank you. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have a lot to learn when you have disabled friends or if mm -hmm. you or if you just sit down and let them speak out their feelings to you, then, then you can get to understand them and then it'll just make your friendship a lot easier. Definitely. It actually makes me think of back to a book we read earlier in English classes, Your Art of Racing in the Rain. How, uh, yes. I believe it was Enzo. I know I'm relating this back to a book. How crazy is that? I believe it was Enzo who said something along the lines of uh, a race seems totally different uh, in the point of view of the driver, like of that camera angle than it does when you're looking at it around the track. Because I feel like that different perspectives can show us like um, how, how different the path can look from person to person just the path of life. And I think that's really interesting and something a lot of people don't understand. And that's another one of these purposes for the podcast is to, is just to open people up. It's, it's really important that uh, people are, are more open. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we've talked a lot about 
humor and using humor as a as a way to get through things. Um, I thought it would be fun to sort of share some of our fun experiences because um, the three, um, Jimmy, Eli, and I were talking about how we all have very similar experiences, even though we have very different abilities. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you guys had any um, anything that stuck out in your mind as a funny or like unexpected experience. Uh, an unexpected experience would be, I'd say the time, the time, some, uh, uh, I think it was at, it was either at Tungsis or Yukon. Um, one of the, there, I was doing a, a, it wasn't my personal experience, but it was another visually impaired student. They used their, their white cane, their, their the stick that blind people use as a broomstick. And that is <laughs> like, they were riding around, like, like it was one of those old horses, like when they were kids and they were, it was this, I'll never forget, like. Because that kid was totally blind. He was just going in circles just around the pole. Just see a blind guy galloping down Yeah, the galloping. He was galloping oh. in, in a circle around the pole. At, it was either at UConn or... I don't, it must have been UConn because I did a life program. That's really funny. And uh, yeah, so I saw, I saw a grown blind man galloping around in a circle. Hmm. Yeah. I've, I've been told on numerous occasions that I'm incredibly sarcastic to the point of like people who don't know me sometimes perceive it as like being me being rude but like i'm genuinely just a jerk <laughs> and so i there was a person at a birthday party that i went to for one of my grandparents a few years back and it was a long like a long lost relative like third cousin twice <laughs> removed or whatever oh and this guy was like 80 years old he was like a, he was really old and he came up to me and I had never seen him before, but apparently I knew him. He knew me. Um, and he came up to me. And the first thing that he asked me, he introduced himself. I introduced myself. I explained my connection to him. And he was like, oh, does your disability shorten your lifespan? And he just he just <laughs> went out and said, essentially, am I going to die? And wow. <laughs> it caught me so off guard because I don't often get stupid, like really ignorant questions, but that takes the cake for like the worst thing I've ever been asked. And mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. So I turned to him with a straight face and I said, yeah, I got six weeks. <laughs> and this man's wow. face was the most amazing thing that I've ever seen in my life. I will never forget it. It was a mixture of like, horror, shame, <laughs> pity, fear. Like he just looked like he was gonna implode. Like mm -hmm. he looked like he made such a big mess that he was just gonna sit in it and cry. Like- he So it was like he just he, walked out of a strip joint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't Ooh. know what to do. Yeah. Oh, he was man, like that's... a broken man in front of me. Oh. And he just looked at me and was like, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh. And just walked away. Like, and I was like, mm-hmm, yep. You said it was Guess what question you're never going to ask again. Yeah. God. But that, that's uh, a lose-lose situation. I thought about it later. And it was like, you can't win with asking that question. Because if you ask the question and I say yes, you feel like a jerk. And if you ask the question and I say no, you also feel like a jerk. So just don't ask the question. <laughs> like, Do you think he actually believed you or did he get the sarcasm? I'm pretty sure he believed me. I, th I think he genuinely <laughs> thought that was a lot. I think That's he genuinely awesome, thought man. that That's I had nice. a terminal illness and I was just like on death's door. Wow. It was really funny. Even though I kind of feel bad for him, but <laughs> I, I also, I, I kind of don't. I pity him because like, 
but at the same time, that's what Idiot you get. That, that, really that's what that's what you get. Yeah. When, if you ask a stupid question, you get a stupid answer. To me, when it comes to understanding disabilities, I kind of look at it as like like an N shape or a U shape. It's the young people, the really really young kids, and the really really old people yeah. that are just very mm -hmm. ignorant to understand disability. Because I remember when I was a young kid, I saw a person in a wheelchair who I believe was physically and mentally disabled, uh, almost like almost looking like Stephen Hawking just recently passed away, rest in peace. He was a great man, great example of uh, how to handle a disability. Um, anyway, I remember asking my mom like really loud, he was like two feet from me, why are they in a wheelchair? What's wrong with them? <laughs> and um, I just think, I feel like that's pretty much what this generation, not even generation, what just people in general are like. Um, they don't understand how, like they don't understand disabilities and they don't understand how comfortable people really are with them. And it's, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I really I agree with Eli game. here. And I believe that another thing that really helped me realize this was um, I live very close to this nursing home only for disabled people. And it's a bike ride away. And I and I ride there for the strawberry festival that that occurs there. And I see all of these disabled people having fun and talking to people and I feel Out like in public living their lives yeah. inspiration and I think it's amazing that you see normal people during that festival oh. having fun playing carnival games eating eating good he food heavily heavy quotations normal people heavy quotations <laughs> I love it yeah. have, have any have either of you ever been called an inspiration because I've been called an inspiration more times than I can count, and it just makes me laugh at this point. Yeah, I have like, actually. It's so funny. Like, not even for doing anything. Like, I've been in the grocery store, and the old people, it's always you're in the, an inspiration. It's always you in can the, reach the mac and cheese. It is on the always in shelf. Walmart or, or ShopRite. There are no other places that I get, like, just assaulted by old people praying for me. There was an old woman one time who took my hands in her, who took my arms in her, in her hands, and was like, I'll pray for you. And I was like, thanks, question mark. Yeah, right. Like, oh you know gosh. I'm not getting better, right? Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> like, it's a nice sentiment, but no. <laughs> I think it's because most people are, like, embarrassed, so they just don't they feel don't get, like they doing don't things on say. their own. That's like, they, they don't... What I it's because... I think it's because most people are going to get that, but they don't know yeah. what to say. Yeah, but they don't know like, what to say. So they get other people to do this, or they go to the nursing home mm -hmm. where they don't have to to do everything yeah because of what yeah happened to you yeah but then there are also the people that i feel like it's something i would really love for able-bodied people to know like just because i'm outside of my house and i happen to be like alive and being a person does not like if that's inspirational you have a very low bar very low of like things that you're inspired by because yeah. This, I don't view my, dis I don't know about you guys, but I don't view my disability as an obstacle. I, I it's something that I was born with. I've never known any different. Mm. Maybe it would be different if I was in an accident and I became partially paralyzed, but it's like, it's all I've ever known. So there weren't any obstacles to overcome. I get what you mean. It was just sort of like, I just grew up and like, am a person. I don't know. I think your truly obstacle would be old buildings. <laughs> old buildings yeah old buildings yeah, yeah. cough but um the school for me, cough my vision only stairs actually, my only vision, the stairs only the stairs to get up oh Ooh. man you guys my vision actually has gotten worse over time so i feel like for me it, it it's somewhat an obstacle but it's not one i've had trouble climbing over mm -hmm. 
so it's more just like you know i think of most obstacles as like a steep hill but for me it was just like 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 a really 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 shallow hill something yeah. i could easily just walk up my obstacle is a flight of stairs oh my gosh <laughs> that's what i, I was getting like... what about for you jimmy what what do you feel like your hardest obstacle like your most difficult obstacle or experiences being autistic and having a a completely invisible disability so usually i'm over time i've gotten better at face to face but mm -hmm. as like humans progress we've been moving to more towards electronics and i find myself being stuck behind because i hate using cell phones i refuse to get one until i absolutely needed it mm. and even now i hardly use it for what it's meant for i use <laughs> it for games <laughs> i oh hate my, my the sound of my own voice especially on electronics so i oh, usually, you're gonna love when we play this back. oh my god i hate them so much so i usually stay away from it but mm. i think this is a great way because I also, there's some other people that are about our age and probably are still heavily affected by autism. And I think that if they get used to just chatting with really, really, really close people, then they slowly expand out. They can probably become slightly more normal. Mm -hmm. But I know from experience, it is pretty hard to get used to the outside world. Yeah. And well... People can hardly tell when, when you're struggling with this, especially since if you're just sitting there blank thinking in your own head, people might think, oh, he's just ignoring me. He's not mm -hmm. being a nice person mm -hmm. when actually he's trying to muster up some courage or something to talk about. Yeah. And then he might just break out and cry. I've done that a couple of times. Oh, wow. Same. Mm -hmm. but I feel that. that. But that was mainly because like, you don't really know what to say, but you have a lot of things to say. Yeah. You don't know how to get it out. You can't phrase it. Of course. Yeah, yeah I, I, like... I have, I, I work, um, for those of you who don't know, the Friends program in our know. school is a program that um, is basically composed or comprised of people who um, have disabilities, either physical or cognitive, um, to the point where they won't be able to live independently. Um, and I, I hang out in that room a lot, not to volunteer, just because they're genuinely my friends. Right. Um, and one of the special ed teachers actually um, phrased autism in a way that made a lot of sense to me. Um, it's, she said that basically autism is typical emotions that a person without autism would feel, mm -hmm. but to a far heightened degree. And I think that that's, would you say that that's accurate for the most part? Because I, I feel like you've probably heard a lot throughout your life, like, oh, I struggle with like socialization too. Like I get nervous in front of people too. But what able-bodied people don't understand is that it's to such a higher degree. Yeah. So you think like people say they're depressed when they feel sad, but mm -hmm. it's not that. To be depressed, it has to be for a long period of time. And yeah generally have to feel like you're giving up like you can have you can feel anxious but you don't have anxiety yeah sort of that thing that's sort of the main idea but yeah. like people with autism genuinely don't know how to really get things out they don't know how to communicate it's interesting though because jimmy something you brought up before was about how uh you found that talking to people that you're very really close to and slowly expanding that was really 
was really important. Um, and what I found for me, something that guys, something that helped open up my uh, disability and something that helped me kind of really open up as a person and become more advocative and more uh, social about my disability was actually voice chat video on video games. I'd be talking to complete strangers um, over the internet. And it's something that really helped me build a character and build, um, you know, like a foundation for how to communicate with people. And it's something that I still am really proud of today. And it's something that I feel like without, I'd still be very shy about my disability. I probably wouldn't be sitting here in front of this microphone talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And to go back to kind of the obstacle thing, I kind of want to switch our focus. I know that you guys have a lot of obstacles, but I feel like that us normal people kind of also have an obstacle too. Mm -hmm. Our obstacle, I don't think other people see it, but I do, is to see a normal person and treat, not a normal person, to see a disabled person, but treat them like a normal person. Mm -hmm. And to realize that we are normal people. Yeah. And not well. to do what Catherine had yeah. to experience in a mm -hmm. supermarket. Like you can be nice to them, oh, but don't, so awkward. but don't like treat them nicely, yeah. but like treat them like a normal person and yeah. don't treat them, treat like them down. Don't be yeah. fake nice. Yeah. Don't be fake nice, but also don't be mean at the same time. Yeah. Pro tip. If you talk to me in a baby voice, I will, will respond in a baby voice <laughs> and must... it, for the purpose of <laughs> you it will, will make slapped. you uncomfortable and it will make you feel how I feel. Yeah. Um, so I think. Um, to wrap this part up, we do face a lot of stigma. We do face a lot of problems, but mm -hmm. humor is our biggest weapon because to, if you can lighten a situation, it's good. Yes. To quote a, not a direct quote, a bunch of different comedians, they all, they all agree that, um, they all agree that humor is a great way to shed light on a dark topic. And I think disability are one of those dark topics to yeah. shed a light on. Okay. Thank you for tuning into the Disability Diaries podcast. This episode was recorded March 14th, 2018 in Farmington, Connecticut at Farmington High School.